Hey everyone, welcome back to Living Beyond Sunday podcast where we talk about living the Christian life. My name is Jonathan Sams and I'm back here with Pastor Mike. Pastor Mike, we had a question about sleepy Christians, but specifically when it comes to dating. So what do you do if you find yourself in a relationship and one person, maybe you, are more motivated for Christ than your significant other in the sense that uh, let me define sleepy Christian. Sleepy Christian in this sense would be you're always having to drag them to community group. You maybe have to constantly force them to go to the church, or maybe you're always kind of realizing that they're not that motivated to read their Bible or pursue the things of God, but you are. What do you do? I think it's a tough situation because um, you know you're dating for the purpose of finding a spouse and. So if that's how the dating relationship is, that's how the marriage relationship will be. And so if it's a point of attention now, it'll be a point of attention later. And so I think it's something to pay attention to and then ask why. Why is that a reality for this individual? And I think having conversations on, hey, this is what I've noticed. Man, help me understand why. Or, hey, here's my perspective or kind of what I'm seeing. Um, Talk to me about kind of why this is. I think it's important to get some clarity on what's going on. Yeah, so what would be some of the first questions you would ask as someone trying to diagnose a sleepy Christian? I think the first thing I would ask is, hey, these, or it'd be a statement followed by a question, hey, these are some of the things I've observed. Um, I'm not trying to, um, you know, attack you or, um, you know, I'm not even probing. I'm just curious as to why these things seem to be reality. And maybe I'm perceiving them wrongly. Maybe these things are happening and I don't know about them, but fill me in on kind of where you are. And I think that the general question that's a non-attacking, you know, question, because you want clarity. If, if, again, if defensiveness breeds in this, then you're not going to get an answer that's helpful. And so I think trying to get to the bottom of what actually is, is going on could be big because you don't know what that is. It could be, there's no telling what's underneath that from, you know, dealing with a tra- traumatic experience, you know, processing through, you know, depression or anxiety. You, you don't know. And so I think we got to be careful um, just kind of immediately jumping to, you know, they're not where they should be, you know what I mean? Like that, that's, that's not very loving if we, we approach it that way. Yeah. And this should be a, a question that in dating, you would hope that would be open to having this discussion, right? Like if you're dating for marriage, you're both saying you're Christians, like the question of like, what I'm seeing these things that that should be a normal occurrence, even when you're married, right? Like you're partially, you are there to help sanctify the other person. No question. So it, it, as long as it's approached in a loving manner, it shouldn't be something that is out of left field or unapproachable, right? Yeah, the goal is not being critical. You're just trying to be more of a detective and say, hey, what's going on? Because those you're trying to figure out, like, how do, I, how do I love them well? How do I meet them where they are? Maybe there is a hurt, there's a pain, there's a scar, there's a whatever that's there that you just didn't know about. And you're kind of making a knee-jerk, you know, assessment of this person when in reality there's a whole lot more going on and you could potentially meet them, you know, where they are in that in that space. Yeah, what about, so say you do that. And the kind of response is defensiveness from the other person. So like you approach it in a very inquisitive, like, Hey, I'm just seeing this. I'd love to talk with you, you know, approaching it very lovingly, maybe not perfect, but, but lovingly, but the other person responds with defensiveness. I think, again, it's another problem because, you know, you're seeing signs of what a potential long-term relationship with them would be like. And so I think it's important to take, now, again, this is why we, you know, dating is, there's a whole lot we can unpack about what dating is, but it's a cultural thing for us in America. And so you have the privilege to be able to kind of, you know, pick and choose who you date and to enter into these dating relationships. And so if you're seeing things like that, it's important to take note of them and say that this is not necessarily something that's going to, that's going to change. And so I think, uh, you know, when you get married, so I think even addressing that potentially like, Hey, 
um, maybe I asked it the wrong way, but it seemed like you kind of got defensive or at least the way I experienced you was that you were kind of defensive, you know, help me understand why. And then again, see what, what felt like you were doing. It's like, and then you can, Hey, I'm sorry. Um, I can understand you feel that way. That was not my intention. Here, here's ultimately what I was doing. I just care about you. And, you know, I think another thing that, you know, comes from this is it's important is in your, you know, while you're in dating relationships to talk about kind of like your vision for the future. Like, what is your vision for the future look like? Yeah. And, you know, hey, I want to be engaged in local church and I want to serve and I want to, I mean, I, I, this is, you know, you're talking about, and I'm not just talking about your vision for the future professionally um, or even on a personal level, but what about spiritually? Like, what is your vision for the future spiritually? And this is a really important uh, piece because you could get somebody that's like, I'm going to go on the mission field. And the other person's like, ah, I'm not there, you know, or, or whatever. And so I think unpacking these things and having these conversations, whether they're sleepy or not, or they seem to be sleepy or they're not, is is a really important part of dating of like, man, what do you see your spiritual future looking like? Yeah. And I, I find that, I don't know how it is for you, but like, it seems like nowadays there's more and more people that are entering into dating relationships, realizing something like this after the fact, but then refusing to, they, they try to then fit this area into the box that they've currently created. Whereas it seems to me that you would want to do the opposite, right? Like you want your dating relationship to ultimately fit where you are spiritually, not vice versa, right? Like you, you don't want to cater your spirituality to the person you're trying to date. Like ultimately the, the two should mesh fairly well, right? Yeah. And I mean, and these were candid conversations are important to say, um, you know, like when, when you're talking about uh, what your view is spiritually, you're having these conversations, you're feeling, you know, defensiveness or pushback or, or you're seeing, you know, apathy. I think, you know, before you just kind of jump ship on it, I think it's worth a candid conversation in love saying, hey, this is kind of what I'm experiencing. This is kind of what I'm seeing. Like my desire is not to be just kind of an apathetic Christian. Like I want us to be all in. And part of it too is seeing like, what is the goal of marriage? I think it's twofold. I think it's one, um, you know, it's a, it's a tool that God uses to sanctify you. So the way kind of we say it is it's not to make you happy, but to make you holy. But I also think it's a, it's an opportunity to join uh, in partnership in ministry together. You're not just like, hey, we're just getting married and that's it. Like, no, you are. One, it's a picture of the gospel, but as a picture of the gospel, you're called to the ministry of the gospel together. And so you do kind of want to be on the same page uh, as you're running that race. Like, you know, you're pressing on, like Paul talks about, you want to be running in that race together. You don't want to be in a situation where one person is always, you know, looking back. Now, there's going to be seasons where, and this is the beauty of of marriage, where one is pulling the other or vice versa, or you're, you know, more synced up than ever, all those kind of things. But, you know, you're never going to get there if you don't have those candid conversations on the front end of, you know, here's the hope, here's the desire. And I think some of it does start with a really healthy understanding of what marriage ultimately is and how, you know, who you marry really does impact you because this is the person you spend the most time with. And so if they're, you know, apathetic, then it's going to be hard to continue to not be apathetic. Yeah. And that's just a general principle, right? Like if you're a not uh, if you're a Christian and you spend all your time with non-Christians, outside of the local church disconnected, it's going to be really tough to continue. Like it's generally pretty tough to continue your spiritual walk as fervently as it would be around Christians with the local church. Yeah. I mean, the saying I heard before is, you know, show me your friends and I'll show you your future, you know? Yeah, no, and so your again, your spouse, healthy view of marriage is, is your best friend as well. And so, you know, how that spouse is, is going to rub off on you in certain capacities. Yeah. And that's not bad. It's just something to be mindful of. And so again, I think candid conversations early, I think dating with high intentionality, like the purpose of dating is to pursue a spouse. And so I think it's vital that you approach it that way. Because if you approach it that way, you have no problem having candid conversations. Like, hey, we, we both know why we're in this. And so I just want to bring some things to light. I could be wrong. You know, I could be missing something, but here, here's kind of where 
where, where I'm at and kind of some things that I'm thinking, help me process this. Yeah. Begin with the end in mind, right. you know, a classic Stephen Covey habit. But the other thing is like, man, I've, I've heard, I don't know if you've heard this, but Ben Stewart gives an illustration in uh, single dating, engaged, married, where basically he says that in dating, you want to be running your, your race towards Jesus. And along the way, at some point you look over and there's someone running next to you and he, he goes, you know, Oh, she's pretty cute. And then that's how you begin dating. I think a lot of what we see with the sleepy Christian, and I'm holding up quotes though, since you can't see me on a podcast, but um, is where people are maybe running that race, but then they decide to take a left turn and run to the stands, grab someone and that maybe isn't a Christian and say, okay, come, come run this race with me. And then it's always having to drag the person along. I think there's kind of two possibilities with a quote unquote sleepy Christian. And that is one, they're not a Christian in the first place or two, maybe they are experiencing some sort of trauma or they're battling with some sort of mental uh, illness or they're, they're struggling through something that it, they are a Christian. They're just struggling. And so helping people navigate that conversation of what are the signs for someone struggling versus what are the signs for someone that's just not a Christian yeah. and you should get out. Yeah, and I think that comes through those candid conversations that are done in love as you're curious and inquisitive on, you know, hey, this is what I'm seeing. Here's what my hopes are for the future. And then I think at the end of the day, it boils down. Like if you've rooted out, okay, it's not, you know, depression, anxiety, trauma, whatever, you know, past, those kind of things. Uh, it rules down to like, how much do you care about your faith? Because if your faith is number one, then it should be the top priority in your relationship. And so I think you've got you've to aim uh, your your dating pursuit in light of that to say like man if if my faith is number one what I what I don't want to do is enter into a relationship where it's like a, a, a number two or a number three thing for the other person because you're going to constantly be in conflict and man that's true if like you t- you hold up anything right faith should be number one but let's say you took something else and you're like you know my number one thing is I want to move out of the country well to have somebody to date somebody that says there is no shot in this world that I'm moving out of the country, it's going to create conflict. It's going to be like, why, why are we? What's the purpose of doing this if we know the end game is you want to be out of the country and I don't want to be? The same is true when it comes to to faith. If faith is number one, and that is the hill you're going to die on, that is your stake in the ground. That my faith defines everything for me. And it should be. And it should be right. Yeah. Absolutely. Then it's like I want to find somebody who is also in that same place where they're willing to put that in the ground. Now there could be different maturity levels, and I think there's grace for that but there is a very clear definitive like my stake is in the ground when it comes to the gospel the gospel defines everything for me and i know that i need to grow we all do um, but man i'm not moving on that that's my number one and if that's that's the number one thing right or the way we said it here is it's the paper that you write everything else on so it really shapes your whole life man if you find somebody that the gospel shapes their whole life or the the desire for the gospel to shape their whole life is there then you're in a really good starting point for that relationship Okay, so I want to shift the conversation just a bit, and I want you to maybe speak directly to uh, kind of something that maybe I've seen and maybe you've seen as well, and that is what does this change? Does your advice change when it's a sleepy Christian that's a man, you know, and the woman is the one who is trying to pull pull them along, or vice versa? Does does gender because people will say, you know. We're dating, you know. I'm supposed to be the the, and you know, I would say no, you're not. You're not married yet. But there is a certain level of, um, at least in my experience, it seems a lot of times it's kind of a sleepy dude with a a a woman, a godly woman who's trying to say, you know, hey, let's, and she's trying to pull him along. Does that change your advice or how you'd speak to that situation, unless it's it's some sort of reversal there? I would say in some ways, yes and no. I think, you know, yes, in the sense that you're, again, if we're talking about the man and he's the guy that's lagging behind and and the woman is running after Jesus, 
I think what I would say to that woman is this is a pretty good indicator of other things in his life too. If he's going to lag behind spiritually, he's probably going to lag behind in other areas. And you just need to know that. Like if, if his job is to, is to love you through sacrifice and service and provide for you and protect you and pursue you, you know, that's the way that he leads is through service. Um, and, and you're seeing that spiritually, it's probably going to bleed over into all those other areas as well. And so I do think that matters. I think, you know, on the flip to the, um, the if it's the woman that's lagging behind and the, the man is running out in front, you know, the other person, you know, the woman's just kind of apathetic. I think, you know, what, what I would say is, is to the man, hey, listen, you know, similarly, um, this is going to bleed over into other areas of your life. Discipline uh, in the Christian fl- faith really is indicative of discipline in other areas. And if you're not disciplined in the main thing, it's going to really impact the other minor things. Because yeah. again, the faith shapes everything. And so I think that's there. You've also got to take into consideration, the reason I say no, I think it's I think it's mutual in some ways of like when it comes to, to having kids, right? Maybe you have the opportunity to have them or maybe you adopt and, you know, whatever. But like, then what does this mean for how you raise your kids? Right. Like, how, how does this, uh, you know, raise up, you know, a generation for the kingdom? I think there could be some really big conflict. There's going to be plenty of other things. Let me just go ahead and say, like, there's plenty of other areas to have conflict in your life that are not spiritual. Like that, that shouldn't be a point of tension and conflict in your, in your relationship, in your marriage, or as it relates to raising your kids. Um, you should be synced up on that and then everything else flows through that. And if you don't have that good foundation where you're both synced up spiritually, you're going to have a hard time in a lot of other areas in life when it comes to raising kids, when it comes to making financial decisions, whether or not you give or don't give, what kind of house you buy, you know, what your budget looks like. All those things are shaped by the Christian faith and the Bible calls those things to be shaped by the Christian faith. So if you have this like, you know, situation where one person is lagging way behind it's just gonna it's gonna bleed over into a lot of different areas within your relationship, and I think it's very important to be mindful of that. And you know, one, one caveat I'll give, you know, and you alluded to this when it comes to the non-Christian. We haven't talked about them as much, but like, there's this whole concept of you know people that do this whole missionary dating thing. I just think it's dangerous. You know, I think uh, it it you know it you're putting yourself in position to become infatuated with somebody that you don't know if they're going to actually become a Christian, and then you also have the um, potential woo of, I want this relationship, therefore I will say that I'm a Christian. And it's just, it's a dangerous place to be in when you can't be what scripture calls equally yoked, which is in essence, initially salvation, but but it, I think it's also carries into how you move throughout your salvation. Like, how does your salvation impact your sanctification? You want to try to be lined up in that as much as you can be. Now, nobody's the exact same. We don't have carbon copy, but I do think it's important that you're both, again, in that pursuit. In other words, you know, Jesus defines everything, and you're, you're both kind of running after him. Will there be lulls and lacks in that? Absolutely. And you do have to be careful you're not sitting there just in assessment mode to where it's like, I've got a, you know, on a one to ten, there are four, and they need to be an eight, you know. I would be careful of that. I think you know, though, when somebody's running after Jesus, you just know. And that's important to to be honest with yourself about that. Yeah. Would you agree with this statement when it comes to dating? So starting the Christian life, the gospel is the beginning and the essence of the Christian life. To become a Christian, all you have to do is believe that Jesus died for your sins, 100%. When it comes to date Christian dating, would you agree that it's you, you evaluate that other person more than just do they believe the gospel? Yeah, I mean, I think I want to know what the what the gospel um, implications are. On yeah, like life. you want to not just so. For example, what I'm what I'm thinking through is like if say in this theoretical, you have person A, person B, and they're dating, and person B is a strong believer, person A is maybe a sleepy Christian, but person B says no, person person A is a like they believe that Jesus died for their sins, like 
check off the Christian box that I'm dating a Christian because that's what Christians say is you need to date other Christians. Mm-hmm. Would you tell that person be, Hey, you should probably look at like the gospel implications of that person, a person, what it's happening in person A's life. Yeah, absolutely. Because I think if the gospel is really at the heart of an individual, then it, 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 the, it harvests a fruit in their life. And, you know, people can be at different seasons in the harvest. So if they're a newer Christian, you know, I think that's, again, when you're, when you're in these relationships, asking each other, like, what is your spiritual story? What's your spiritual journey been? This is yeah, going to give really you clarity good. because it's also fair if somebody says, you know, I became a Christian, you know, two months ago, I mean, they're going to be in a totally different place if you've been a Christian for 15 years, you right. know? And so I think being mindful of that. At the same time, what we do see oftentimes, though, when people truly believe the gospel and it deeply seeds into their heart, we actually do see transformation that begins to blossom fairly quickly in a lot of ways. And yeah. so, again, that pursuit of Jesus, man, when you get, like, you know, that Jesus juice, right? When you when you get the gospel, <laughs> you know, it's like, man, holy cow, it just, it does. And yeah, do we go through lulls in the Christian life? Absolutely. But again, it's, you know, sometimes we're, we're sprinting, sometimes we're walking, sometimes we're crawling, but the direction never changes. I think that's true for somebody that's even a new Christian. And so, so yeah, I think asking story, finding out where they are spiritually, how long have they been a Christian, and then yes, asking the question, how much is the gospel really impacting your life? Because we know this to be true. There's a difference in believing in and believing that. You can believe that Jesus did everything necessary to save you. You can believe that Jesus is the answer. You can say that, but believing in that means that it actually impacts your life. And so I think if you're not seeing the gospel actually impact um, someone's life, you do have to ask the question, do they really believe and understand the gospel? And so that doesn't mean you can't be friends with them. It just means you probably shouldn't be dating them right now if they're not, you know, if you find out like, man, I just don't think that we're running at the same pace. There's a chance they're maybe not a Christian. I mean, why rush it? You have the freedom to date. You have the freedom to date for however long, right? There's a freedom that's there. So take advantage of that freedom and don't rush things and do things prematurely. The last piece I would say on this, that I think is really important is this is why and, and I will drive a stake in this, why godly counsel around dating relationships That's is really absolutely good. vital. Yeah. Because it doesn't mean that it's only up to you to make the uh, assessment of, if you will, that you're bringing other people in to give wise counsel. And you could say, hey, I'm just not sure you're going to have dinner with another family. You're having dinner with another individual. Um, they're able to glimpse in and see in and speak into that relationship. I think it's absolutely imperative to root out this kind of unequal um, reality when it comes to things spiritually. Yeah. And I would just add on to that one. That's what Maddie and I did and I wouldn't do it any differently, but two, like the hard side of that, that people don't want to accept is like, you gotta be able to listen to your counsel. If they say, Hey, this isn't a good idea. You know, ideally we, you walk into any of those situations hoping that they go, Oh, this is great. You know? And it, you know, maybe it is, maybe it isn't, but you also have to be willing to hear the bad news, right? Yeah. And I think responding to that doesn't necessarily mean if they hear like, Hey man, I I just mean, something seems off here. You know, it it just seems like there's disconnects here. It doesn't mean tomorrow you walk in and say, Hey, we're done, but it does mean you need to have some candid conversations. And and with the the person that's speaking wise counsel, like, what do you mean? Help me through this. And then the person that you're, that you're dating. And again, I do think when man, and and I've done a a lot of weddings, uh, you know, uh, I've, I've, we've had people in our church get married. There, there's a general affirmation when everybody's like, that is a good thing. That's what you want. And now sometimes not everybody knows, you know, people and, and whatever, but there is a group of people that know both of you and that should know both of you that should go. That is a good thing. And I think when that's not there and there's a lot of people with question marks, again, you don't got it. We're not, I'm not saying pull the crowd, you know, every single person, but I think there's a, there's an element of when there's the, the large majority is like, this just doesn't seem uh, right 
chances are they're probably correct in that and you need to at least listen and then bring them into and, and talk with them through that that situation. I say that because I think there's a flip side to where, you know, some people lean into the I'm only polling the crowd and then it gets in as you bring 35 people in and there's, you know, 15 opinions. Right. We're, we're not group dating here. It's it's people that that hold value in your life, that are mentors, that that are spiritually mature people that you can bring into the process as a checks and balances system. It's not that you go around to 19 people and say, what do you think? What do you think? What do you think? Because that can also be weird and dangerous. Yeah, you got to have your core counsel. Right. But, but your godly counsel produces a good result in, in, in a lot of ways. And I agree. Like I think we've all been to weddings where you can tell everyone affirms what's happening. And then I think we've all been probably been to weddings where you're like, ah, you know, you, you can tell the vibe is that most people don't agree with what's happening right now. Yeah, and and just because, you know, again, to, to make sure you cover all the bases, just because, you know, you end up in a situation with that sleepy Christian, you may be listening and that's you right now and you're in a married relationship, all is not lost, right? The, the transforming power of the gospel is still at work and still alive. And, and I think this is where being a part of a local church is vital, being a part of community, maybe owning this, uh, maybe you're married and you need to have a conversation with your spouse today or tomorrow and say, hey, look, I'm kind of feeling these things and man, we're not where we once were or you're not where you once were. Like, what's going on? And again, meeting with love, not not uh, condemnation, but but it's a genuine, like, I love you and I'm concerned about this specific area. So all, all is not lost. Again, dating is an American thing. There's freedom in it. We just want to approach it with as much wisdom as possible. I think that's why doing it within the context of community and a local church, having people People that you're bringing into uh, these big life decisions is really, really important because at the end of the day, like, I mean, you want to put yourself in the best position. And so know that the, the power of the gospel is is still at work and still alive. And so if you're finding yourself in this situation, or maybe you're in it now, maybe you're dating somebody right now, and you just need to apply some of these things, but all is not lost. Uh, we're not going around as, you know, with a grade book and saying, you know, let me, let me grade you on where you're at spiritually. At the end of the day, you just, you want somebody that's running after Jesus with you. And there's different points of spiritual maturity. There's different places people are. But at the end of the day, like I said, there is a direction somebody's running that doesn't waver. That's the person that you want. No, that's really good. And that's where we'll end it for today. But hey, if you have any questions on Christian dating, um, you know, we'll probably do another podcast on Christian dating. It always comes up, Pastor. Um, but if you have any questions, send those in to us at pastormike at imageatl.com. Send us an email, like, and follow us on Spotify or Apple Podcasts, whatever you're listening on. And we will talk to you next Friday.